0: Hello from Inspire Legal at New York Law School in New York City, New York. I'm Lawrence Coletti.
1: I'm Darren Evan.
0: I'm Dan Lena. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. <laughs> And we're back. We're at Inspire Legal here in New York City, New York. I've got a couple of great guests joining me today. I've got Dara Nevin and I've got Dan Linna joining us today. And they are out of a, uh, it's called an unpanel. So the official title, if I've got it right, is what's the proper role of lawyers, if any, in evaluating legal technology, the unpanel. So I think we need to do the 50,000 foot. But before we do that, let's get your bios. Where do you work? What do you do? Why don't we do, ladies
2: first, Dara?
1: Hi, I'm Darren Evan. I work at Baker McKenzie in the Toronto office in the Technology Group. I'm affiliated with the Whitespace Legal Collab Innovation Hub.
2: Hi, Dan Linna. I'm a visiting professor of law at Northwestern Law School, where I teach innovation and technology classes. Also affiliated faculty at Stanford Codex, the Centre for Legal Informatics.
0: So I understand these unpanels are focusing on problems. There's a little bit different focus uh, compared to other conferences. So Dan, would you mind giving us the 50,000 foot?
2: Yeah, so it started with evaluating legal tech was the the problem to take on. And, And I was working with Haley Altman, who is at Doxley, Boris Visser, who is at Clifford Chance, and James Desjardins, who's at Cravath. And so we had to figure out a way. Basically, we had the flexibility to do whatever we want, just not the traditional sages on the stage talking at people. So we kind of put together, uh, we framed that question, what is the proper role of lawyers, if any, in evaluating legal technology, and ran the room through this brainstorming, synthesizing of challenges, exercises, using an agile stop, start, continue retrospective format to get people brainstorming so the stars of the show are really the attendees in the room getting trying to hear from them what are your pain points what are the challenges we should be focused on today
0: well, I think you did an excellent job. I and mean, I, I commented on Twitter, you're just killing it doing the, <laughs> well, uh, the moderating. So, you. and you got some uh, spirited pushback from uh, one of the uh, guests or attendees to another. So I saw that that was pretty
2: fun. So uh, yeah, yeah, it was, the crowd was really, really engaged, right? I mean, so that's, that's the power of events like this, where we really get the people in the room to learn from them and have these kind of discussions that are, you know, we, we need to be focused more on learning from people on the front lines and thinking about getting folks on the problems and challenges that we ought to overcome. So when
0: I get Dara involved here, uh, there was some talk about trust and lawyers, you know, not trusting experts from other fields and then not wanting people to tell them how to practice law. So what was the focal point of that part of the discussion?
1: The UnPanel started with personal brainstorming, We were asked under an agile technique to think about what would we start doing? What should we stop doing? What should we continue doing? And so people were um, reflecting on their own experiences in the legal technology adoption and buying process. And then we divided up into teams largely around our roles, whether we were lawyers on the technology side, in-house, a variety of things. And the conversation continued to come back to trust and the role of communication just in establishing trust around the use of technology. Does it work? Is it effective? Um, Is it the right solution for Me. That's how things started. But then the discussion was engaging. A lot of people came to the table. The room you know, was, was on fire in many, many places with people from different perspectives and different stakeholders offering their version on it. Just the difficulty of talking about technology with people who not, may not be familiar with it or from the lawyer's perspective, the technologist not really understanding what they need the technology to do and how do you bridge that divide.
0: Excellent. Excellent. I saw a part in there, and and I've been on the the buying side of this on behalf of other people, so there was the buyer versus user disconnect, and I understand that because I've been on the purchasing side of it, and now we're kind of on the sale side of that, and so Dan, uh, what were some of the ideas and concepts that came out of that part of the discussion?
2: Well, just uh, realizing that there's this misalignment, lack of trust, the listening is low, there isn't empathy kind of for each other coming from, and some of these sound like buzzwords to folks, right, but you keep hearing come up and, and, and then part of the tension behind it that, well, no one has time. No one has the resource to invest in actually doing that listening and, and discovery of the problem. So those were a lot of the themes that that came out of that is just kind of the disconnect and, and technologists may be complaining sometimes about lack of adoption, but then the lawyer saying, yeah, but you're just delivering these vague solutions. You don't actually understand where my pain points are and what I actually care about. So how do we identify the problems, not jump to solutions, but at least understand the problems better and where everyone is coming from.
1: A theme that actually built upon trust, you know, so trust, listening, taking time, which is a challenge for everybody. Everybody is so hard pressed in their day to serving their own clients or doing their own jobs. But really um, what we came back to over and over again is a lot of it comes down to strategy is really taking the time to get all the stakeholders at the table and really listening to each other and understanding, okay, what is our purpose? Why is this problem arising? Yeah what are our intentions in trying to solve this problem? Who else needs to be at the table and articulating what the the problem actually is? Because maybe we can get a deeper, richer understanding of the problem. We can more adequately solve that problem just by slowing down um, and finding the right technology. I think everybody was very receptive. To that. Now, of course, how to do that is a very difficult thing, but that's not what we were here for today. We were really trying to get at what is the foundational problem that we're all trying to solve.
0: Well, let's get to that. So, Derek, I think you're responsible for the say versus do portion of the discussion.
1: Yeah. So a lot of the time, because I've I've been involved in legal technology purchase decisions um, at the firms that I've worked for, and I've also helped facilitate those discussions, a lot of the time people will say they need one thing, and it's because that's the language they're familiar with, or they believe that that's what the problem is, because that's how the solution provider is is presenting the solution. But then when you look at how they're working or what they're actually doing, there can sometimes be a disconnect between what they say the problem is and what they they actually do or how they actually solve it. And I don't mean that there's any Uh, misintent or any deception involved. It's just people's lives move so quickly that I find really taking time to map out what the processes are and looking at where the problems actually arise in the whole workflow process can just give more uh, richer, deeper insight and help inform the discussion. And when you mirror that back to the people who are presenting the problem, it can actually be very useful because they can give you more and more feedback and you can get a richer understanding of the problem.
2: I agree with that completely. I mean, the old quote from, about Henry Ford, if I'd have given the people what they wanted, it would have been faster horses, right? So listening doesn't mean just giving people exactly what they want, but empathy, especially being able to really put yourself in people's shoes and understand their problem and, and figure out the kind of solutions you can deliver that they might not understand, know to ask for.
1: Yeah. And a lot of it gets to the art of the possible. A lot of the time what the users really want is they want a solution to their problem, but really they want to know what are my options? Because when you give them a a more complete range of options, they can just make better, more informed decisions. And when they feel that they have more choice, they actually uh, get greater connection to the choice that they choose, and that helps adoption.
2: Well, and I think that is so important because so frequently at these conferences we say, the adoption problem, the lawyer adoption problem. It's not an adoption problem, it's engagement, lack of engagement early on in the process, right? And and we can blame the lawyers for doing that, but then how do we get the lawyers more interested in this and see the, the benefits, right? Yeah. Uh, so yes. that's a really important. Part yeah,
1: and it. so I am a lawyer myself, and I remain in practice, and I also have this role in buying. And I always find that when you engage the users, and that can yeah. be clients, it can also be lawyers, it can be paralegals, it can be affiliated professionals, fee earners yeah. or not fee-earners, when you engage them in the process, you get all of that brain power working together. And you're, you're it may take a little bit longer, but you're going to come up with a better solution that more people are happy with.
0: Absolutely. All right, we're running short on time. So this is what I want to do, lightning round. So 10 oh or boy. 15 seconds for answers. So I got two topics I'd like both of you guys to engage, maybe do it separately to save a little time. So the first is lack of measuring, because that was some talk about that. And I think that comes down to trust. Uh, the other one was lack of strategy in approach to problems. So I'd like to get into that just to kind of close it out. So who wants to hit which one first? 10, 15 seconds, go. Go ahead, Dara.
1: Well, I actually think that they're related, right? Yeah. If you don't know what problem you're solving for, how do you know what success looks like? And when people come and say, I want some help buying technology, it's one of the first questions I ask is, what does success look like to you? How will you know when we've gotten a problem? And that can be the start of metrics, right? It's just even something very simple. But a lot of the, the metrics that I look for is, you know, when I am rolling stuff out, I look at how many people are still using it a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks after adoption. But it really comes down to strategy. You, you've got to know what you're buying the product for, not just at a solution level, but how is it contributing to the business? Is it to make money, to save money, to make people happier? There's got to be some reason you're doing it. And understanding that helps keep the project on track.
2: Yeah. You know, the only thing I would add to that, because Dara just knocked it out of the park, is that, these same sort of skills apply to being a good lawyer, right? And that's why I love teaching this in law school, because this isn't just about innovation and legal tech. It's about great client service, figuring out what the problem is, figuring out, like, how do we create some metrics around this so that we, you know, what what does success actually look like? And then part of the thing, one thing that's related to this, I think, is lack of process control. We have too many things in the legal industry where we're doing it a hundred different ways. If we get a little bit more process control, that allows us actually to have a baseline and create meaningful metrics around it as well. But I completely agree with Dara on that, this. last question
0: so if our listeners they want to reach out they want more information learn about inspire legal learn about you the things that you've talked about how can they find you let's go back to dara
1: well i think everybody should be following the hashtag inspire legal and if you weren't here today go back and look at the day's conferences because there's a wealth of information flying across that hashtag and if you want to find me i'm on twitter at, at dara underscore nevin
2: I'm on Twitter as well, at Dan Linna. That's where you can find me. And there's a great conversation happening on Twitter. If you're interested in this space you're not on Twitter, you're missing out. You're not actually in this space if you're not on Twitter, in my opinion. Well, you're also one of the hosts of our shows. Is that right, Dan? Yes, that is right. So you can hear me on the Legal Talk Network, Law Technology Now. Uh, I've got some great interviews we did here at Legal Week in New York that are going to be coming out soon. Now I know why you look so familiar.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, we've reached into the road for today's episode. I want to thank our guests for joining us today and also our listeners for tuning in. And if you like what you heard today, please subscribe, rate, and review us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network.